Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Welcome to episode 40 of Cocktails and Capital. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We've got a really exciting episode today because Carrie with Peanut City Candle Company is our very first ever guest on the podcast. This is going to be a new series where we're interviewing business owners of all different industries and getting their feel for business, how they've been successful, if they have any tips to share. And of course, we'll rope in accounting and how it helps them get to where they need to be. But welcome, Carrie. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. And I am honored to have been an invited guest. And I hope that I don't scare all of your listeners. (laughs) I hope not to. No, I'm just kidding. You never would. Maybe a little, but you know, that's the spice of life. I think everybody knows by now that we are very good friends in addition to, you know, working together. And um, if they don't know who you are by now, then you really should know already. Just be prepared already if you come on this podcast episode. But Carrie is, of course, the owner of Peanut City Candle Company. Um, Carrie's got an extensive history in quality control and managing products and making sure that they are quality, of course. Um, And so she has built this candle business to really be quality and more high end of nature and uh, puts all of her time and effort into this candle business. So tell me a little bit about you and Peanut City Candle Company, and then we'll kind of hop into the questions. Okay. Um, So no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. (laughs) Um, You know, the easiest thing in the world to do, right, is talk about yourself. But yeah, um, no, the, it's a small business that was an accident, mm-hmm. started in my kitchen, um, and it was just one of those things that, well, technically it was a hobby that mm-hmm. started in the kitchen, and I enjoyed it so much that I was like, oh, hey, you know, maybe I could make a run at this and go to some markets and sell some candles, and um, and that's what I did. And it just kind of started. It was a COVID. It was a COVID business. Mm-hmm. Um, Aren't we all? It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like COVID came and everybody was like, oh, we've got to do something different. Yeah. Because things are changing dramatically. Yeah. Um, really required a lot of reassessment for a lot of people, I think, which is cool. Yeah. But um, no, it just uh, started the business 2020, um, did a few markets and things just took off a lot faster than what I thought they would. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I was working for a steel mill in the quality uh, and testing physical testing lab. And um, it was a very good job, but I knew that if I wanted to um, 
to do more and to scale the business, it was going to require 100% of my effort. So Mm -hmm. I took a leap of faith and mid 2021. So I don't think the business was, the business was just over a year old and I quit my full-time job to do this. And it's grown by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned a lot. You know, the market that I came into was saturated, excuse me, saturated, Mm -hmm. which proved to be challenging. And then with, um, supply and demand, you know, during COVID, um, that also presented a lot of challenges, but, um, no, it's been, it's been good. It's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the business has changed a lot in three years Yeah, and you know, here we are now we're, now rocking we're here. The candle world. <laughs> we're rocking the candle world. We're staying <laughs> lit. We're doing podcasts. It's, it's a good time. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So the, all of that kind of brings in the first question I had, which was going to be um, some of the unique challenges you faced in running Peanut City Candle Company. And I would say COVID would have been the biggest one, especially starting a business. I started my business during the very, very beginning of COVID um, when it was kind of hard to find accounting clients because people had to scale back. So the same thing to you, you know, you've managed your financials on your personal life for a very, very long time. And you were a business owner before Peanut City Candle Company. So you had a little bit of experience, but did what kind of like financial challenges did you end up facing because you started a business during COVID? And what did you do to kind of work through those? I think that really, um, for me, you know, the COVID itself was not the biggest financial challenge. I think the hardest thing for me was the the business that I had owned for many years prior to um, <clears throat> having a full-time job, it was a service-based business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did all my taxes. It was relatively... It's a totally different world. Oh, it was totally simple. Yeah. And, you know, what that after... So the first year of business, um, the first year that I had to file taxes, it was not that difficult because, you know, the business had only been partial through mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. sales numbers were pretty low. Yeah. You know, so it, it wasn't very scary. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't feel terribly afraid of it. Um, but what happened was 2021 into 2022's tax year was a completely different animal. So, you know, that first year, I think I did maybe $15,000 in sales. Yeah. And then the second year, it was more like what sixty five seventy thousand yeah. dollars in it sales had, it had jumped it had jumped quite dramatically, yeah. and so then all of a sudden it's like time to sit down and do taxes and sales tax, and I'm like yeah i'm I'm terrified. <laughs> Hello, I am way underqualified to operate this ferris wheel couldn't do it, yeah, and so that that to me, I think just overall was was the biggest financial challenge was yeah. understanding um or realizing that I don't have the skill set to, um, to manage the requirements that go along with a product based business. Yeah, that's very valid. And, but I will say one thing that has always, um, fascinated is probably not the right word, but like really impressed me is your handle on like cost accounting, which you probably don't even know, but like, I do, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I have this news to me, but so if we sit in, lab together and you're like it cost me this much per ounce and this much per jar and this much per this to make this and I'm like that is literal cost accounting to figure out to the 
minute scent how much your product costs to make. People pay a lot of money to have people do that for them. And so I've always found it really like so interesting that you can sit there and rattle off the exact cost of how much your product costs to make to me or to anybody. Oh, hey, thanks. And you're always looking for the best buy that will still serve the quality that you're looking to do. And did you just like know how to do that? Did you just figure that out? Like, I want to know for the people. Uh, For the people. (laughs) How did you know how to do cost accounting without doing cost accounting? (laughs) Um, I don't, I mean, you know, I think that from years and years prior being in, you know, dealing with horses and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at, you know, bulk buys and what, what, you want to save as much money as you can mm-hmm. always, right? And so, absolutely, you know, who's who's got the cheapest hay? Who's got the yep. best price on feed? Where can we get some discounts? And, you know, I think it just kind of clicked in my brain when, you know, I first got started, even as a hobbyist, yeah. where it was like, oh, well, if I buy 10 pounds of wax, it's cheaper than if I buy one pound. And, you know, it just kind of went from there. And so you know, you're trying to figure out what your markup is going to be, like what is the consumer cost going to be? Mm-hmm. What's my profit margin going to be? And, and naturally you want to provide a, um, a reasonably priced product for mm-hmm. your customers mm-hmm. to remain competitive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, the, especially now, I mean, this is, this is how I pay my bills, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is what keeps the lights on. People. I mean, the business is to make money is why it's That's a business right. podcast. Like these are, I would hope all business uh, owners listening or aspiring business owners. And like the whole point of starting a business is, is to make money. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is, I mean, I love what I do right. and I am, I am so happy and, you know, honored and whatever that, you know, I have that opportunity and that right. people love my product. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I want to make as much money as I can for me, right. for my effort, right. but still be able to offer something, again, that's competitive, competitively priced yep. for customers. So, yeah. so yeah, it's just, it, it was just a matter of, you know, researching. Yeah. And, um, cause there's a lot of people that like, they will come to us and they don't know how much it costs to actually make a specific product. And we're just like flying and it, but that's, it happens a lot. And there's a lot of like, if you Google, you know, Etsy spreadsheets or whatever, you can put in all your costs and they will calculate it for you. Um, but sometimes, you know, people charge $199 for a spreadsheet. Right. Um, and it's, it's interesting sometimes to see like, you have no accounting background. You don't want to do accounting, but you can just know how to figure out exactly how much percent the wax is costing you to make this eight ounce candle versus this 13 ounce candle and adjust your prices accordingly. And you've always been able to keep your prices fair Thank you. on that rate. Um, I, I have, and I'm, yeah. I, it is, it's exciting. And I, I am very proud of that. You yeah. know, I think that that's, that's something that I'm like high five to myself Yeah, because that, I mean, and it has made the difference and it has made me definitely um, very competitive. Yeah in the market because 100% like there's a, I'm able to offer same or better quality products Mm -hmm. for less money. Yeah. Because I possess this weird skill that I didn't (laughs) even know that I had. (laughs) Well, it's very, it's important to know because I mean, you can price a product for like whatever you want. I mean, you can price a candle for $25, but if it costs you $15 to make that candle, right. Because you're either not buying wholesale or you're not looking in the right spots. Right. 
you're going to make 10 or $5, whereas you could make 15 or 20, right. you know, and we've talked about that a lot on here, but I think having like real life examples of that knowledge and how effective it is against product is so important because you could have super profitable products, but not make any money. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're right. That is, that is true. That is true. And, and, you know, every product in the line, there are some products that are carried that, you know, I don't make as much money off mm-hmm. of, you know, and I know, and I know that I know that going into it, but we've got other products right. that have way higher margins. Yep. So it balances itself out. And that's also kind of the key too. Yeah. Well, and you got to have a spread. You have to have, you know, a good offering for people to choose from because it makes you more accessible um, to people at different price points. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for like the holidays, you know, you have your like super, super premium jars, but you also do the eight ounce Mason jars if people either don't want to or can't afford the very high price ones. And then I say very high price, like they're hundreds of dollars, but they're still incredibly reasonable. Yes. I have like 10. Um, <laughs> not, she's not partial at all. I'm not. There's no, she's not partial at all. Y'all. No, not at all. But, and that's why it's like, it, it's so important to know your cost margin, your profit margin, your actual revenue numbers and all of these things that I talk about on here all the time. So I hope you're helping to bring that into example for the oh, people. Well, hey, thanks. I'm like, oh, I feel good about myself now. <laughs> thanks, Sarah. It's, I think it's hard when, like, I, sometimes I feel like, and you all can, can, you know, message me on Instagram and tell me I'm wrong. That would make me feel great. But sometimes I feel like the professor at like the front of the room where everybody's just like nodding off in the back, like, God, can this woman stop talking at some point? And then I bring people on and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this actually makes so much sense. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. Well, you can look, you can <laughs> you can never go wrong with a with a real world example. Yeah. You know, because sure. it, that's a hundred percent it. You know, it's like you can talk until you're blue in the face, Absolutely. but until you have someone that is putting it into practice, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, <laughs> just I'm just out there flipping around having a good time. You're gonna walk out of here and be like, Everybody, I know cost accounting. <laughs> Come at me with all your cost accounting needs. No, it's good. <laughs> but no, yeah no don't, no, don't please don't. please still continue to go to sarah for our, all of your cost accounting <laughs> needs and questions because my this was purely accidental <laughs> this is just the, like my business <laughs> everything's an accident everything was an accident so backtracking a couple of steps we were just talking about your product spread and you know the the different price points that you have um which would also be different cost points as well on your different products um but i know that you are working on eliminating some, um, you know, lower performing scent profiles and some of your products as well. And some of that might be cost driven, but can you kind of just like talk about why you're making that decision? What kind of numbers helped you make that decision? And uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's a couple of different factors that play into those, into that decision making. Mm -hmm. Um, One of it is one of those things isn't cost driven and it's more just about like what direction do I want to see the business go, mm-hmm. you know, because it is just me. Right. You know, I have help. I have a team. Right. Um, but as far as production, production, mm-hmm. it's me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so narrowing things down and after having done this now for the length that I have, you, um, you know, what is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things that, Maybe there are some customers out there that like certain fragrances or certain containers, but just performance wise, 
you know that they're that these are these are the best mm-hmm. and that's kind of i want to align my brand with more of a luxury mm-hmm. or high end and that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be only price points that reflect that right. because i will never make it so that i don't have a line that will um accommodate every budget right because i make candles for everybody right but whether you're buying the least expensive or the most expensive, you're getting the best. Right. But, you know, when you're also looking at like, okay, we'll, we'll use the large tins, mm-hmm. the tins, the tins in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are up for reorder. Right. Right. Um, we're coming, I'm, I'm working through the last of those large tins and um, shout out to the steel mill, whatever kind of stuff they're doing right now because they've adjusted and inflated prices quite a bit. Yeah. And what you're seeing right now is the cost of American produced steel is extremely high. Yeah. So you have these, these tins, the containers that are, they're very basic, Mm -hmm. but it's going to push the price point of those into a neighborhood that would rival that of some of our premium Mm. jars. And so, you know, if you already have a thinner margin there, right? Like, what do you do? Right. You know, and I think the answer to that is, is that we just continue that until yeah. the market levels off. Right. We may see those prices come back down. It may be something that we can reintroduce at a later point in time. Mm-hmm. I like the tens, the large tens a lot, but they're not going to continue to be cost effective right. to offer to the customer. Right. So, you know, that is kind of what is going to drive uh, the majority of the decision making is what are what is pricing doing right what is going to be the best container for the best prices so that we don't have to continue to raise prices on our customers right okay so um question off of that when you discontinue products do you feel pressure to insert another product there or are you okay with having like I wouldn't call it like a gap in the product line, but just like a missing piece of the product. I feel like, you know, at this point right now, you know, one thing that Peanut City Candle Company does that is way different from our competitors mm-hmm. is that we we really offer a lot. Yeah, yeah, you do. We offer a lot. A lot. We have a ton of seasonal. I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we offer a ton of seasonal things. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and some of that's just on me because I get bored doing the same thing. Right. Like, I don't want to just see mason jars on the table yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, it's fun to see pretty things. It made. is. I love I love my premium containers, yeah. you know. Um, and then, so as the business continues to grow and change, you know, a, a great example is working with Kelsey Finney. Mm, yes. You know. It, Shout out. Shout out to Kelsey Funny. That woman's a genius. Um, but, you know, once you've had the opportunity to work with some different containers, mm-hmm. you know what performs better. Right. And you just, you get spoiled. Yeah. And when you know that you are working with better things, you want to offer these things to your customers and kind of cut out some of that. Yeah. You know, because I'm just one person. Right. And I can't pour everything. Right. So we go with, um, a smaller line mm-hmm. that still is diverse, mm-hmm. but ultimately the goal is always to continue to provide customers with the absolute best 
of the best. So, you know, if something becomes discontinued, it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a good product. Mm -hmm. It just means that I think there's something better. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. So when we're recording this, it is almost October. Which is Carrie's favorite month of the year. It is. Shout um, out to October. Shout all out to October. All my spooky babies out there. <laughs> yes. But with October, I know right now you're pouring holiday. Yes. Year-end busiest time of year for product-based businesses. 100%. We see that with your sales numbers every year. Um, and your cost numbers, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, right after, you do have a little bit of a, a break. Mm-hmm. Because your business is mostly farmer's markets, and it's hard to have farmer's market when it's 10 degrees outside. Um, With year-end being so busy, how do you get yourself in a mindset to really, like, prepare for that busy season? Because it's it's daunting. It is. I equate it to, like, our tax season, and I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And, you know, I I will say that at year three, I am still figuring things out. Absolutely. Um, You know, I felt like I had a good grip on it. Mm -hmm. And, but the, the, what happens is, and again, this is, this is a blessing and not a curse, but it is still a challenge is that as the business continues to grow, mm-hmm. you know, you you plan based off of projections and mm-hmm. then what you knew to be for the year prior. Right. And what I have consistently seen every single year is that I've been very wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, it's just facts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going into um, 2023, you know, I yeah. based off, you know, how much money I needed to have in the bank as a reserve from my 2022 numbers. Right. And I was wrong by more than 50%. Yeah. The amount was not even close. Well, and it was, it's a weird year with the level of inflation that we've had. And the, like you said, with the steel, like the costs have gone up astronomically. Um, And that was not a thing we really could have predicted. No, no, yeah. we could, we couldn't know, you know, so it's like every year I'm looking at like, what, what have I done? Um, what it, how much did I sell last year? Yeah. You know, how many cases do I need to plan for this season? And, you know, in some aspects I've been, I've been right on point. Yeah. And there's been a few things that I've been very, very wrong on. Right. And, you know, it's like, so that's probably been the biggest challenge. And, you know, and here's another great example of just going, uh, WTF is, um, planning on like pallets of wax. Mm-hmm. So I normally in the past, I did what, like maybe two needed about two pallets of wax mm-hmm. for candles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I planned on. Fun fact. Uh, yeah, I needed to, <laughs> another pallet of wax this year. Yeah. So this was a three pallet season. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, I'm not going to say how much it costs, but let me just no, tell you. No, but let me just tell you, it is a lot of wax. It's a lot of wax and it's a lot of money. Yeah. Like to put that out, it makes me think, just to think about it, it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to know where all of my money is, it's tied up in wax and glass, people. <laughs> it's Investment. in raw inventory. It is. It is in the raw materials, baby. But, you know, so that, that was a challenge. Yeah. Because it's like, you, you have to have it. You don't have a choice, 
but you hadn't really planned on it. And so here we are. Yeah. And, um, you know, going into 2024, I think that one thing I can do better is plan harder, mm. you know, because I'll keep it 100. Like I really have kicked it freestyle. Mm-hmm. For the for this, these three years of business, I have really just freestyled and I have acquired what I needed when I felt like I needed it yeah. and not really made hard plans on, okay, like this is, this is what we're releasing. This is what we're going to do. And I'm feeling that um, burn, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Candle pun, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling um, the heat. I'm feeling, feeling the heat. I'm feeling a little smoke. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm catching it right here at the end of the season because, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work through our Christmas, our holiday season and get that completed. Yeah. Um, on top of other special projects that I had not anticipated. Right. So, you know, I've got to, I have to do better with making firmer plans and then sticking to them and not deviating. Like it's just this end of the season has been, eye-opening yeah yeah this whole year has been an eye-opening time it has and I mean and I think that's the case for all small businesses and you know the the biggest lesson to be conveyed to anyone regardless of what your business is is yes you have to be able to flex and move like you got to be like water Mm -hmm. you got to be able to flow with whatever comes at you but having a plan in place will believe it or not will help you flow better. It will. No, and and you can, the water is a great example, actually. If you have some plans, you can set up dams. That's facts. And have boundaries, and your water will not flow in streams it does not need to. That's facts. That's facts. And so, you know, I'm out here at the end of the season feeling like I'm in a canoe. And I ain't got (laughs) no white water. (laughs) Nobody gave me paddles. I'm wearing a helmet. Oh, I, I got a helmet on, but I don't have a life vest. <laughs> like, I'm just out here like, ah, white rider water rafting in the wrong direction. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going backwards. <laughs> it's fun. Everything's fine. No, everything's actually fine. Don't listen to her. Um, <laughs> you scared yet? Ah. <laughs> it's October. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> so one of my, my questions for you, for other people who might find like I know you offsort outsourced your financial stuff so so don't just say that but for people who are in the beginnings (laughs) of their business obviously financials are important you got to take care of it Um, if you don't take care of it Sarah yells at you when you come to your tax return Um, no I don't yell Um, but we will educate yes it needs to be done because you need to know where you stand, right? Like with the cost accounting, with your profit numbers, if you're even making any money, right? For people who find that very daunting, what advice would you give them other than to go get an accountant if they maybe can't afford one at that moment? Such a hard question because yes, my immediate response <laughs> is just please find <laughs> professional help. <laughs> Seek it because you can't be great. You can't, you can't be the best at everything. You cannot. But, but um, for the first year or so you did run yours. Correct. Um, I think that really the, the, um, the best answer to that is to be on top of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So there's something about me and this could just be my own obsessive nature, but you know, in the early stages of that business and to be fair, even now, um, every single day, every single day I was looking at my bank account. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at my numbers. I'm, I'm looking at costs. I am trying my best to learn and to gain information. Um, and to stay organized with it. And right. I think that that is probably what saved me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until I was at a point where I could, where I knew, I guess I'd hit my level of incompetency, mm-hmm. you know, because we're all going to find that at some point. Again, yeah. we, we Can't cannot be the, be the best at everything. Right. But um, before you hit that point, yep. be active with it. The worst thing that you can do as a business owner is pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's really my best advice is be involved uncomfortably. Mm. Be uncomfortably involved. Look at the numbers. And even if they hurt you, <laughs> <laughs> you still have to you have to face them. Yeah. You have to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Like, don't don't just. Because if you don't, if you don't like get in there and get active with it and be as knowledgeable as you can be about mm-hmm. what's going on, um, you're going to run into trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. Very good. Good advice. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I tell people that all the time. So. <laughs> it's, look, it's, it's the Southern comfort talking. <laughs> uh, I, okay. So my last and final question. On the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about things you can do to start preparing yourself for becoming a small business owner. Um, and one of those things was to kind of either get your family support or overcome not getting your family support. How did you take the step into making this from hobby to business and have the confidence to do that with or without family support? So, you know, the the family support aspect of it was definitely um, was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have beautiful friends, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely beautiful friends that did support. And, you know, what I can say is, again, you know, with this being an accident, how it came to be was, you know, I had so many candles mm-hmm. And was, I mean, I was just, I had more candles. I'm like, I'll never burn all these candles in a million years. So, you know, I'm giving them away to people. Mm -hmm. And the response from my friends was fantastic. Yeah. You know, they loved them. And um, I was sharing them with folks at work and sharing them with my friends at home. And what actually started the whole thing was I had two people that wanted to purchase Mm -hmm. candles to give out for, I want to say it was like Mother's Day Mm -hmm. was the holiday that was coming up. Yeah. And immediately I was like afraid (laughs) because I'm like, these are things that we light on fire. Yeah. We take them into our homes and I don't know what people are doing, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was just the decision was, okay, we're going to need commercial insurance. We're going to need to be an LLC. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's assets here that need to be protected. If you're going to, if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. Yeah. And what I have, my motto has always been this with, with this business is move 
the way you want to move, move the way you want to grow, mm. not how you are. Mm. So, you know, it just made sense to me to do extra things. Yeah. And, and that's the way I've always done it. Yeah. You know, I mean, a great example of that was like with hiring employees, mm -hmm. you know, 1099 and people, I chose not to do that because I don't like it. Mm. I think that that doesn't benefit people. Well, not usually, you know, and because I, as when I was younger, mm -hmm. I mean, I worked jobs where they did that to me and I was like, well, this is just a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I'm looking at my business in the future and I'm like, well, what kind of an employer do I want to be? Right. And I want to be an employer that can offer benefits. Yeah. I want to be an, an employer that, you know, that does things the most legit way possible. So am I spending maybe more money to have, you know, W2 employees? Huh? Absolutely. But whatever. That's how I want my business to move. Yeah. So move the way you want to grow, not how you are. Those are mine. That's mine. Two pennies. <laughs> That's all I got. That's my two pennies, kids. I love it. That was beautiful Thank advice. You. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me. Thank you. If you don't already, you need to go follow Carrie on Instagram and Facebook and everything. Um, she is at Peanut City Candle Co. Yep. And she has a newsletter that only goes out once a month, so she will not spam your inbox. Facts. Um, telling you where she will be at all the farmers markets and go buy all the candles so that I'm not the only one with 17 candles in the cabinet um, or 50 wax melts in a drawer. So <laughs> make me feel less alone. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that you either learn something or feel. Less, less weird. Less weird. Got some entertainment. <laughs> yeah. That's all we're here for. Exactly. If, uh, as always, if you like the episode, please screenshot, tag me on Instagram. It's at Tatum Accounting. If you have any questions, feel free to message me or send me an email. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast, send me an email and let me know. And I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.